Blog Talk Radio. from the Eastern Airlines Radio Show. The studio is here in Ponte Vedra. If you don't know where that is, it's very close to Jacksonville and Orlando. As a matter of fact, right in the middle. Thanks for listening to the Eastern Airlines Radio Talk Show. My name is Neil Holland, the producer of the show. We've got a great show for you tonight. And to all our listeners around the world, we say welcome. Hello, Eastern family and friends. Great having you with us. My name is Chuck Albright. I'm sitting in for Jim Hart tonight. I live in a place called The Villages, about 70 miles north of Orlando, where Disney World is in Florida. Our weather today was close to 80 degrees. We welcome and thank you for listening and calling the show. You have truly made us the radio voice of Eastern Airlines. In fact, we can now say we're between... Eastern Airlines International Radio Show. We'd love to hear your comments, share your memories with the radio listeners from around the world. And during the broadcast, if you haven't called a show before, all you need to do is call 213-816-1611 and just say hello to talk to us on the air. You'll be live. We can identify many countries around the world and listen in with our Blog Talk Radio application. Isn't it great that we can keep the Eastern legacy going out not only to Eastern families, but to the listeners from many different countries around the world? That's what we try to do every week on the EAL radio show. Want to join us by adding your voice to these productions and broadcasts? Our thanks also to those who choose to listen by computer using the radio icon on our homepage at www.ealradioshow.com or perhaps by signing in on the site of our provider, Blog Talk Radio, at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Should you wish to talk during our live broadcast, feel free to call in on our call-in number, 213-816-1611, at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Let me repeat the number so you can write it down for your Monday night visit. 213-816-1611. By the way, tell your friends about us. And don't forget, you can listen to any of our 403 Monday night broadcasts and 75-plus Thursday broadcasts by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. Scrolling down through the archives of the broadcast, each episode is briefly described. You're getting close to 500 episodes. Wow. That is a real milestone. Our lines are always open for calls, and if you choose not to participate and talk live with our hosts, we ask you please to mute your phone, as our producer does not have the capability of filtering out the background noises, kind of like ice in the glasses. I see we're number one for takeoff, so Captain, let's get flight 403 in the air.
Zeppelin airships merged with Deutsche Zeppelin Riederi DZR in 1935, which continued transatlantic flights until the Hindenburg disaster in 1937. The company dissolved in 1940. Now that we have that fact settled, let's talk about powered wing flight. On January 1, 1914, the world's first scheduled passenger airline service took off operating between St. Petersburg and Tampa, Florida. The St. Petersburg-Tampa airboat line was a short-lived endeavor, only four months, but it paved the way for today's transatlantic flights. The first flight's pilot was Tony Janis, an experienced test pilot and Bornstormer. The first paying passenger was Abram C. Peel, former mayor of St. Petersburg. Their 21-mile flight across the bay to Tampa took 23 minutes. They flew in a flying boat designed by Thomas Benoit, pronounced Benoit, an aviation entrepreneur from St. Louis, Missouri. Can we really call it a real airline? Let's take a look more in depth at at, at this claim. Percivio Elliott Fanzler, a Florida sales representative for the manufacturer of diesel engines for boats, became fascinated with Benoit's project progress in designing aircraft and could take over could take over fly over land and water. The two men started corresponding and eventually Fassler proposed a real commercial line from somewhere to somewhere else. He proposed that airline to fly between St. Petersburg and Tampa. In 1913, a trip between the two cities, sitting opposite sides of the Tampa Bay, took about two hours by steamship or about two to 12 hours by rail. Traveling by automobile around the bay took about 20 hours. A flight would take about 20 minutes. Hey, this made sense. Fansler tried to interest Tampa officials 
into the officials into the venture, but they turned him down. When he got a better better reception from the St. Petersburg, from St. Petersburg, enticing several investors, Benoit arrived in St. Petersburg on December 12, 1913, followed by his hand-picked pilot Tony Janus. Mike Tony Janus was already a popular figure in aviation. His dark and handsome looks and daring exploits made him the epitome of the romantic flyer. According to a biography by the Tony Janus Distinguished Aviation Society, once known as a fearless daredevil and admirer of women running from angry fathers with pointed shotguns and dated movie stars, Janus took risks risks in love and war. Janus gave flying expeditions and test military planes, flew long-distance airplanes and airboats. He piloted the first test of the airborne machine gun. On March 1, 1912, he carried Captain Albert Berry aloft to make the first parachute jump from an airplane. By 1913, at 24, he had become one of the principal stockholders in the Benoit Aircraft Company. Petersburg. 
The entire trip had taken less than an hour and a half. John, who would want to fly in such an airplane across water? Well, more than 1,200 people did fly with Tony and the Benoit float plane. The airline made two flights daily, six days a week. The regular fare was $5 per person, about $100 in today's dollars, and $5 per 100 pounds of freight. Tickets sold out for 16 weeks in advance. A second Benoit airboat was added, and the flights were extended to the Sarasota, Bradenton, and Manatee. Tony Dennis' brother, Roger, was a second pilot. The airline operated for nearly four months, carrying a total of 1,205 passengers. Passenger interest declined rapidly when the winter residents began heading back north. On April 27th, Tony and Roger Dennis flew their last flight before leaving Florida, putting on an air show over Tampa Bay. The brothers continued to give exhibitions, perform tests of aircraft, and train other pilots. On October 12, 1916, Tony Janice was training Russian pilots when his plane crashed into the Black Sea. His body was never recovered. Roger Janus also died while flying. He crashed on September 4, 1918, during air patrols over France. In 1964, the Tampa and St. Petersburg Chambers of Commerce established the Tony Janus Distinguished Aviation Society in honor of Tony Janus. Dorothy, since the U.S. had the first engine-powered airline, let's skip over what's going on overseas and find the first scheduled service after Tony Janus flew his last flight over Tampa Bay. Would you believe Chalks Ocean Air Service serving the Bahamas from Florida from 2017 to 2007? That's something. Many remember the Grumman airplane aircraft sitting on the MacArthur Causeway between Miami and Miami Beach. But in 1999, they went bankrupt, and it was purchased by an Eastern Airlines pilot, James Conopalone. Over in Europe and other countries around the world, people fancied a ride in an aeroplane, and more than 34 airlines went into business. Many of them failed, but many are still with us today. Remember KLM, Aerial Flot, Avianca, Qantas, Sabina, Mexicana, Finair, just to name a few all back in the teens and early 1920s. Things sort of moved initially quite slow here in America, though. The government stepped in, and the word regulation was invented for those flying machines and their companies. Contracts by the U.S. Post Office were initially awarded to fly the mail on certain routes. There were a few American companies which saw the interest that folks were having about this new and exciting way to get the mail faster and also even People wanted to go somewhere quicker. Out of the fields in the south and shaking off the dust came Delta Airlines on May 30th, 1924. Founded as Huff Daniel Dusters for crop dusting and renamed Delta Air Service in 1928, the company operated scheduled service from 1928 to 1930 and in 1934 became the oldest operating airline in the United States. Jim, some of the startups were National Air Transport, May 21, 1925. They became part of United Airlines following the Air Mail Act of 1934. Ford Air Transportation Service in 1925 was the world's first regularly scheduled commercial cargo airline. Western Airlines in 1925 was founded as Western Air Express. It merged with Transcontinental Air Transport to form Transcontinental and Western Air in 1930. It was severed from T&W again in 1934, and the name changed to General Airlines and back to Western Air Express in 1934 and to Western Airlines in 1941. The company eventually merged with Delta Airlines in 1987. Vani Airlines, in April 6, 1926, merged with three other airlines to form United Airlines, 
following the airmail scandal in 1933 and the airmail act of 1934. In 1934, Vani Speed Lines was established, becoming Continental Airlines in 1936 when Robert Six took over control. Well, by that music, you can guess our next airline starting up. Yes, our beloved Eastern Airlines, April 19, 1926. Started operations in 1926 at Pitcairn Aviation until 1929, and the name changed to Eastern Air Transport, now Eastern Airlines, until 1991. Other American other American carriers were Northwest Airlines in 1926, merging with Delta Airlines January 31, 2010. Colonial Air Transport, 1926 until 1930, when it was formed into American Airlines. Our next airline started March 14, 1927. See if you can identify the carrier by this song. Mr. Producer, if you will, please. How did all these people get in my room? Come fly with me, we'll fly, we'll fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on, fly with me, we'll fly, we'll fly away. Founded by Juan T. Tripp, Pan Am began operations in 1927 as Pan American Airways, former flag carrier of the United States. It went bankrupt in 1991 due to high fuel prices because of the first Gulf War, the 1973 oil crisis, a series of hijackings, no U.S. network until the 1980s, the Lockerbie bombing of Flight 103. Those are a few reasons for their bankruptcy. Then we have Braniff Airlines, May 29, 1928. The first Braniff Brothers airline entity that operated scheduled service between Oklahoma City and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Braniff Airlines Incorporated, and it later became Braniff Airways in November 1930. Braniff Airways, doing business as Braniff International Airways from 1948 until 1965, and then Braniff International from 1965 until 1983. Transcontinental Air Transport was an airline founded in 1928 by Clement Melville Keyes, the same Clement Keyes that bought out Pitcairn to form Eastern Airlines. And that merged in 1930 with Western Air Express to form what became TWA. Keyes enlisted the help of Charles Lindbergh to design a transcontinental network to get government airmail contracts. Lindbergh established numerous airports across the country in this effort, and that merged with Western Air, uh, Trans- Ex- Western Air Express to form Transcontinental and Western Air in 1930. It was renamed Transworld Airlines, TWA, in 1950 and merged into American Airlines in 2001. Now, the story of Captain Eddie Rickenbacker's association with Eastern is somewhat confusing, as some think he was the founder of Eastern Airlines. Here's some background of his initial ties with Eastern, found in the book Eastern, an airline and its aircraft by R.E.G. Davies. Like many airmen who had seen squadron service in France in 1917 through 1918, Reed M. Chambers and the famous ace Captain Eddie Rickenbacker were among those who realized the potential of the airplane for commercial purposes during peacetime. Immediately at the end of hostilities, they had started other businesses, but the chance to start regular flying service came with the passing of the Kelly Airmail Act in 1925. Together they formed Florida Airways on November 3, 1925. Although Eddie was the better known, Chambers had more experience. 
He had taken over from Eddie as commander of the 94th Pursuit Squadron and continued to command the 1st Pursuit Group after the war ended. Among the personnel were another ace, Arthur, R., or Arthur Ray Brooks, Major William Robinson, who had also served in the war, and Lieutenant John Harding, an engineering officer of the Army Air Corps of the uh, Around the World Flight Team of 1924. Other notable names were Vic Cheney, who later assumed a, role, a key role in the early development of Pan American Airways, Major William Mayo, Chief Engineer of the Ford Motor Company, and Lieutenant Carl Easton, an experienced Arctic flyer. Just as important as the skilled personnel were the people who financed the Embryo airline. The stock offering was 15,000 shares at $25 per share, and among the investors were financial world notables, Percy Rockefeller, Charles Stone, Charles Hayden, Richard Hoyt, and Ann Morgan. In addition to the 300000 as liquid assets, the Ford Motor Company came in with four of its all-metal Ford Stout 2AT transport airplanes. With such an impressive lineup, success should have been sure to follow. But in those precarious years of airline infancy, this was not always easy. They started off in great style, with 5,000 spectators cheering the departure of the four aircraft from the Ford plant at Dearborn, near Detroit, on a chilly December 28, 1925 morning. At Nashville, en route to Miami, another crowd turned out, including the mayor. Unfortunately, the first two two AT aircraft to take off was caught in a crosswind and veered dangerously towards the mayor and his entourage. The pilot averted mass manslaughter only by steering the plane into the other three two ATs, damaging one beyond repair. That airplane, Miss Ford Myers, was cannibalized to patch up the other three. On February 11, 1926, Florida Airways was awarded the CAM-10 airmail contract, Miami to Jacksonville via Fort Myers and Tampa. The problem was no airfields. Frenzied activity to fulfill the terms of the contract began, even using prison labor to clear and level scrubland sites. At Jacksonville, the airfield could not cope with the 280s, and so the inaugural service to be made April 1st, as stipulated by the contract, was flown by a travel air and a smaller Curtis Lark. Passenger service began on June 1, 1926, and was extended beyond Jacksonville to Atlanta on September 15th. But circumstances went south again. Three days later, a hurricane hit Miami, and another 280 aircraft was demolished. Mail volume slackened, and the passenger business was not flourishing. Expenses continued to rise, and Florida Airways was forced to suspend operations on December 31st. Pride had gone before the fall. Chambers and Rickenbacker had traveled to Havana to pursue ambitions to the south, but with rival aspirant John, uh, Juan Tripp had formed the Aviation Corporation of the Americas. With little bargaining power, what was left of Florida Airways was sold to Tripp's newly formed Pan American Airways. Jim? Yeah. Folks, if you hadn't figured it out by now, you're like most of There were so many claiming to be first, it was hard to come up with what the famous team and Bud Albert of Lou Costolo would ask. On our team, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find then, out, the guy's name. And that, uh-huh. That's what I want to find out, the guy's name. I'm telling you, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Now, Abby, you want to be the manager of the baseball team? Yes. You know the guy's name? Well, I should. Well, now you tell me the guy's name's on the baseball I team. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. You ain't saying nothing to me yet. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I'm telling him. You said nothing yet. Go ahead and tell me. Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know. Is on third. You know the guy's I'll... name's on the baseball team. Yes. Well, go ahead. Who's on first? Yes. I mean the guy's name. Who? The guy playing first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first base. <laughs> Mercy me. They all had a beginning, and with that, we looked up the first pilots to fly their country's aircraft. We thought you might be interested in these magnificent men and their flying machines.
Gene Brown flew into history as Eastern Airlines' first pilot. By the time he retired on the eve of his 60th birthday in 1964, he had flown 33,000 hours in every kind of plane that Eastern used. Back on May 1st, 1928, Mr. Brown took up the first night flight bound for Spartanburg, South Carolina, and Richmond, Virginia. Night flights paid more for obvious reasons. Yes, it was a risky job, but even riskier at night. With few navigational instruments, it was flight by sight. Pilots forward beacon lines on the ground 10 miles apart. If the night was cloudy, they flew as necessary to see where they were going, and hopefully they would clear the tree. Delta Airlines, it was Elmer P. Rose, an Army Air Corps pilot who worked for Delta during the summer of 1929 to earn some extra money while he's on leave from the Army. Hired by Delta to fly crop dusting aircraft, he was asked by C.E. Woolman, Delta's very famous vice president and later general manager, to pilot the first westbound trip. American Airlines can make your trip something special. Welcome aboard. With American Airlines, it was none other than Charles Lindbergh who flew the first American Airlines flight, carrying U.S. mail from St. Louis, Missouri, to Chicago, Illinois, and that was on April the 15th, 1926. After eight years of mail routes, the airline began to form into what it is today. American founder C.R. Smith worked with Douglas, Donald Douglas, to create the DC-3, an airplane that changed the entire airline industry, switching revenue sources from mail over to passengers. United Airlines, rededicated to giving you the service you deserve. Come fly the friendly sky. And at United Airlines, it was E. Hamilton Lee who was flying airplanes just 13 years after the Wright brothers took flight at Kitty Hawk, celebrating his 100th birthday Saturday, and I guess that was last Saturday, by flying as co-pilot on a DC-3 from Ontario to Manila's Airport in California. Lee, the first civilian pilot to fly the U.S. Mill in 1918, was also the first pilot hired by United Airlines the nation's first commercial airline when it was formed in 1927. Everyone in aviation owes him a debt of thanks for his pioneering, wrote Don McBain, Sherman Oaks, in the April newsletter of the retired United Pilots Association. Now, Chuck, how about America's number one character? Jim, that would have to be Pan Am Airlines, one of America's most beloved early commercial pilots at music, was born in St. Louis, Missouri in 1894, moved to California with his family when he was nine years old. His lifelong ambition with planes and flying began as a trip to Dominguez Air Races during the second year of high school. At age 19, before finishing school, he enrolled in a commercial flying course to become an aviation instructor and pilot. During World War I, he served as a civilian instructor in the Army Air Corps in San Diego, Wichita Falls, and Miami. After the war, he worked as a pilot for various airlines until his appointment to the position of chief pilot for one trip's Pan American Airways Caribbean Division. Music was licensed to fly any type of plane. He was given every opportunity to prove this 
in his position as Pan American's premier pilot. During his work for the airline, Music set 10 world records, including making the inaugural flight to the Pacific aboard a China Clipper flying boat, the China Clipper momentous flight cemented Music's place as a modern-day hero. The history of Pan Am Airways was always linked to the expansion vision and singular effort of one man, one trip, an avid flying enthusiast and pilot. Tripp, only 28 years old when he founded the airline, lined up wealthy investors and powerful government officials from his personal acquaintances in the high society of the Roaring Twenties. However, Pan American first flight was an unauspicious start to his epic saga. 1927 faced a post office deadline for the commencement of mail carriage. Pan American had no working equipment for this sole airmail contract between Key West and Havana. Fortunately for Pan Am, a pilot with his Fairchild seaplane arrived at Key West and was willing to carry the mail to Cuba for the startup operation. It was fitting that the Pan Am's first flight would be over water, since the airline would pioneer overseas routes throughout its history. Well, folks, that's our program for tonight. Uh, it's open for discussion now, and if you'd like to make some comments about uh, the first airline, uh, I think we found out who's on first. <laughs> yeah. And what's yeah, on did. second, and I don't know third. <laughs> but uh, after listening to all of that, we know that Tony Janus with the Benoit aircraft uh, flying across Tampa Bay was the very first airline, with the exception of the blimp, the Zeppelin, uh, that we introduced at the beginning of our show. But uh, any comments about uh, the airlines and and when they started up and the first pilots and so forth? I got a little story. I used to work for Pan Am for my first three years when I came out of the military. And there I got my A&P license that they had a program there for. And the story going around was that one trip couldn't get a landing permit down in South America um, due to the under-the-table type uh, payment that they had. And so he was introduced at a party in Washington, D.C., to the daughter of one of the uh, uh, dictators down there. And later on, he married her. And miraculously, he got a landing permit. I don't know how true that story is. It sounds good. Sounds good. Colleen, well, you uh, were with East. Go ahead, Jim. I want to ask Colleen a question after you. Go ahead, Jim. Well, go ahead, Lynette. I got something to avoid dead air when you're ready. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, no dead air here. Colleen, uh, you were hired with Eastern. Uh, what, would you mind telling us about how long ago? Yes, I would. No, that's fine. <laughs> 196, February, <laughs> February 1964. <laughs> I was hired when that first pilot was retiring. Okay. <laughs> Let me I ask was hired you, the year. What, who was it, Gene? Uh, when he retired. Yeah, what, go ahead. <laughs> I took over for him. Okay. Were you going to ask what were, me? What were the feelings of uh, the flight attendants or stewardess back in those days, I think they were called, uh, you were called, uh, about Pan American? Was that? Was that an airline that uh, was uh, uh, sought after as far as uh, job opportunities? Someone that would prefer to go to Pan Am or Eastern or United or whoever? Uh, Pan Am, United, and Eastern, I think, were were the three. Um, I didn't know any of the flight. I knew American flight attendants. They were my roommates. Um, Mm. But I didn't know anybody from Pan Am at the time. Later on, I became good friends with um, an Eastern flight attendant that married a Pan Am pilot. Oh, 
who both ended up at United as things oh. go with all these <laughs> mer- yeah. mergers and things closing, you know. Yeah, I mean, my husband, true. I think, was with, it ended up with four airlines. But um, Now, he was with but, Eastern. Uh, and, and then he started with Eastern. Yeah. Well, he went with the he went with the shuttle to Trump, and then it was U.S. Airways, and now it's merged with the, who is it? Delta, American. Yeah. I don't even know who they're. American. Ask your husband. Now, American. what's your husband's first name? Andy. Andy, Andy DeFelice. Yeah. Okay. He was uh, New York based, then Miami, and then back to Newark, and then retired. All right. So, but uh, I mean, Pan. I think Pan Am. Flight attendants uh, were very much looked up to and elite, an elite group, more so than I think the, some of the other airlines. Really, but uh, but all the mm-hmm. all the stewardesses at the time were much different than nowadays. And you I remember rules? Can underline that? The question was: N uh, M's girls. Um, had to be um, educated and um, first aid to be hired. Different, lang- different languages. Yeah. Some had to have, you know, yes, they had to have a language. Um, they, there were a lot of restrictions. But, yeah, the, the foreign carriers, um, I think most of them you had to have a language. Other than us. Other than our broken language. <laughs> New York I got turned down by United in nineteen sixty four but got hired by them in nineteen ninety. Oh. Okay. All right. Jim Holder, you have a comment? Well, only when you want me to avoid dead air. This is sort of off off the wall. Uh I'll go on with it then. Okay. Uh, Benoit was misspelled in your show. It's B O N I E T, I think. Let's see, Benoit. Yeah. And uh, we had a pilot in the Mississippi Air Guard who was named Benoit. And yeah. he was flying C 119s for the regular Air Force. This is back in the uh, late 50s, I suppose, because he was been around a lot when I joined and became a pilot in the Air Guard over there. And Ed Benoit flew into the French Indochina thing and where they were trying to maintain their colony over there. And at the Battle of Benoit, Din Bin Phu, I think it was, uh, they sort of lost out. But when he went over there, he didn't like having the name Benoit if he got shot down. So he had his dog tags changed to be Edward Jones. And he had the dog tags (laughs) prove it. And I thought that was something, but I was a young kid, you know, and I didn't even know where Benoit was. I mean, I thought Benoit's name was down, not his name. And uh, he's flying over there, and he's worried about getting shot down with that French name. So he's been named Edward Jones for about two years. <laughs> Sadly, he and his son both drowned in a fishing mm. uh, accident yeah. on one of the rivers, uh, Mississippi, uh, Alabama, I mean, uh, New Orleans border down there somewhere. But he's a good guy. I enjoyed flying with him. But I, he became Jones for two years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've got something, if it's okay. Sure, uh, Shane. First Go ahead. of all, first, I want to apologize to Colleen. For some reason, I, I, during the handoff, I didn't mention you, Colleen, because I wasn't certain if you'd made the program tonight. I, I made a mistake on that. I certainly uh, didn't mean to <laughs> not mention it. So sorry about that. Uh, just about two no days ago, uh, at JFK up here near where I am, uh, we had a very special 747 arrive from London. It was uh, in full uh, BOAC, British Overseas Airways Corporation colors. And the reason mm-hmm. that it's painted up that way, uh, you know, as you know, BOAC uh, merged with BEA to become British Airways about 45 years ago. It's the 100th anniversary this year of the first predecessor carrier of British Airways, which was a company called Air Air AT&T. It was like air transport and something else. I forget exactly what, but they're considering it to be the centennial of British Airways. So they're painting up, they painted up the 1747 in BOAC colors and it's flying and they've got a A319 in the paint shop right now getting painted up in uh, 1960s BEA, British European Airways colors. So oh, all right. 
they're they're doing a big celebration for what they're calling their centennial, and it includes a bunch of these retro jets. I think there's a third one as well, uh, maybe even a fourth uh, in some of the other colors that they've flown through the years. You know, in doing some research for the show and the first airlines, uh, I found a an interesting site on the internet. And uh, I believe it's you can browse it and uh, just put in your uh, search engine uh, first airlines or something like that. And there's page after page after page of airlines starting since the very, very beginning all the way up until just, you know, a few years ago. And uh, very interesting um, how many airlines have been in the air and out of the air. And, uh it's amazing, uh, and the mergers and so forth. So, it's a it's a it's a great tree uh, to uh, look, at, especially for research to uh, find out who was first, second, third, and so forth, all the way down. And uh, very interesting uh, uh, site. Uh, can't give you exactly, but you could find it on your search engine. To look for it. It's KLM's hundredth anniversary this year too. Oh, KLM is also. That's yeah. one of the. Yeah, nineteen nineteen. Uh, I think that's one of the oldest commercial carriers. Yeah. With its uh, with the same name, yeah, I believe, uh, yeah. like British Airways, it, it kept its name throughout. Yeah. And what anniversary is this, Shay, for KLM? It's also the hundredth anniversary. I haven't heard anything yeah. about what they're doing for it, um, but I'm sure they're doing something major as well. One hundredth. Yeah. Just a footnote, folks. On the Facebook this week, I saw our Eastern airplane. It was sitting on one of the tarmacs. Had Eastern on the front, and of course, they changed the hockey stick and everything on the back. So it's still flying. Where was Ooh. that? Uh, I don't have mine with me. I'll have to follow up on that. I just caught it on Facebook this past week. There is a Facebook group for that uh, for that current incarnation of of Eastern, which is owned by uh, Dynamic Airlines, I think is the name of it. And the name of the Facebook the name of the group is Eastern Flight Line. So if you go to Facebook and you type in Eastern Flight Line, there's a whole sort of enthusiast page for that. um, uh, I've been trying. I've been trying to find out um, Mr. Woolley's. I think his last name is Ken Woolley. Right, Ken Woolley. I've been trying to contact him to see if I could get him to come on our show, and I've uh, not had any luck so far. But uh, I'm persistent. I'm going to have him on the show sometimes this year. I hope. I hope. Neil, just as I was checking that out on Facebook, I just got a, uh, a message from Barbara Bucata, B-U-C-A-T-A. You know her? She's trying to restart the New Jersey Silverliners chapter. And I had messaged her earlier. She said that she had about 10 people, but she was looking for more. And I asked her if she wanted me to mention on the radio show that she's looking for uh, retired Eastern flight attendant still living in New Jersey, and this just came in. I guess I'm too late for tonight's show. Sorry, I put it out in every EAL group and every generic flight attendant group I can find. So uh, I don't know, Neil, if it's all right to mention, uh, you know, that she oh, can be found oh, on yeah. Facebook under Barbara uh, Bucata. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Colleen, you know about the New Jersey area? Yeah, Colleen. Actually, Barbara asked me to try, and I've been trying since October. We do have about 10 people, but she asked me one because I lived there and knew the area better and trying to find a restaurant to have a luncheon. Um, The two people that I got confirmed for one day in March, one lives up in Fort Lee and the other one lives down in Tom's River. Uh, That's about two hours apart. Uh, We're having a we're having a lot of difficulty, and there's another one that is out in um, uh, Monroe Township. That is a huge triangle to cover the state of New Jersey, so it's very difficult. Oh. I, had su- I had suggested that 
they all join as uh, the uh, coast to coast, more of the coast to coast chapter. Get to know each other, uh, get to know the the ch- uh, the chapters that come to the convention. Uh, one of them said that she flew in 59 to 61 and wasn't sure if anybody was around. In the first three pages of our 20-page roster, I found five people that flew the same years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they are bound to find somebody. And just by talking or corresponding with each other, and, and I told them it's open to other airlines too, um, mm-hmm. they may be able to get themselves together because us doing it from down here has been very difficult. I am going up. Uh, midweek in March uh, and was willing to meet with any of those 10, but we can't get them all together on one day. And they need at least 10 to form a chapter. She said that she's got about 12 who are very interested, um, but she said she's having trouble with emailing and asking for preferred dates and times and either not getting responses or I guess having a lot of conflicting date issues. Well, yeah. Yeah, I've been talking to her this week. I just did this this week. And, uh, okay, she just sent me this today. Oh, okay. Well, she keeps trying, and, and we, we do keep trying. But uh, And I told her if she talks to any of them, tell them I'll be up there March 11th to 15th if any of them want to meet. But we got, like I said, we got three responses. One was could do it on Monday. Two could do it on Friday. But they're two hours right. apart from each other. Right. And oh. they're... If they're Eastern people, you know the age bracket, and I don't think they're up to driving two hours to a meeting. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So we're we're trying, we're trying. So if anybody, if anybody listening knows any airline, not only Eastern flight attendants that would like to get together in New Jersey, they can get in touch with Barbara or me. Um, Shay, I, Shay, you've got quite a network. Don't I'm you sorry, Shay, again, and uh, Shay, I understand. Yeah, Shay uh, has a network of uh, people that uh, that uh, are familiar Jersey. with this Facebook. You ought to put that out somehow, if you could. I, yeah, I'll ask Barbara if that's okay. I mean, I I am part of, uh, you know, honorarily part of uh, a couple of the Eastern Airlines uh, flight attendant and former employee groups, and, and I must admit national as well, because as a kid, those were the two airlines I flew. Eastern's <laughs> number one, national number two. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and Barbara was kind enough to say that you know she'd make me an honorary member, so I would go. I actually have a bunch of photographs of you were flight Marley. attendants through the years that I that I offered to her if she wanted to uh, use them as part of uh, you know the the first event if she wanted to hand out some of these old photos because I've got a surplus of them. They're they're very old photos of Eastern flight attendants. Very kind. You were at, you were actually on my list, Jay. Um, and and you can be an honorary member, but not a voting member or one of the uh, n- numbers that we have to count in order to have our minimum to establish a chapter. Because oh, you aren't totally understood. I'd, I'd, I'd just be happy to be allowed but to any be help, there. Oh, any help that you can give us would be, you know, gratefully appreciated. If you know the flight attendants in New Jersey that we can't seem to come up with, you know, we'd love to have them. And uh, we'll work I'll on it. there anytime. Because you ladies, okay, when great. I was, you know, five, six years old, you were the guys, uh, guys, you were the ladies pinning the uh, the Eastern uh, future pilot wings on me when I was flying. So I have a <laughs> well, special place bring... in my heart for Eastern flight attendants. <laughs> if you bring in some flight attendants, I'll meet you at the luncheon in New Jersey, and I still have the little wings I can pin on your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> deal. It would be a, that would be great 40 years later. <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I got I got breaking news. You want breaking news? Yeah, I got breaking news Repo. coming up too. Mike's got okay. something for me. Go ahead, Jim. Okay, breaking news. Uh, Repa. Uh, first of all, do you want to say something? No, okay, breaking I guess I'm still on. on for you. You're still on. All right, real real quick. Uh, the Braniff uh, Repa Association, uh, their opposite number, they just shut down. However, we, REPA, are no longer having a convention. We're going to have a reunion. And the format changes to a two-day vast gathering with a following schedule. The reunion will be Wednesday, September the 4th, Thursday, September the 5th. Our hotel will be the Embassy Suites in Kennesaw, Georgia, northwest of Atlanta, right off I-75 and Chastain Road. 
your agreement, your reservations, as we know, uh, Emory has, uh, Embassy has a two-room suites, and they have complimentary breakfasts every morning with Wi-Fi and no parking. A hotel rate's going to be $125 a night, and it will be honored before and after if anyone wants to come that way. We want you to book quick because we need to know who's coming, and you make your own reservation. And again, this is September the 4th, Thursday, September the 5th. It's Embassy Suites in Kennesaw, Georgia, and I want everybody on this radio show to come. Well, we'll talk talk about it okay. until September. How does that sound? Hey, there you go. All right. I hear breaking news. Mike Scott, what you got for us? Well, I, I'm looking at my script. I don't see any breaking news for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. We won't we won't read that. But a couple of things that uh, have popped up is cameras. I didn't know cameras were installed in the back of the seats, but they are there. And uh, so watch out. Make sure uh, uh, you... Uh, don't make a face or whatever, but uh, it's uh, it's it's. I, I think a lot of folks did not know this, but uh, the, the, entertainment system, the entertainment systems have uh, got uh, cameras in there and That's they can watch you. I'm sure I would read this, but I'm not going to read it. Yeah, I'm sure but, you're going to uh, see I'm a, some. <laughs> I missed something. What are you talking? Backseat of what's got cameras? Well. Well, I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs. Mike should be reading this. Now, there's more places where cameras could watch, be watching you from 30,000 feet, and that is oh. your seat-back entertainment <laughs> In the airplane. Now. Yeah, in airplanes. Oh. And then oh. we just had uh, a 767 that went down over toward Houston that we've been reading about here the last couple of days. And interesting to follow that. So, anything else before we put the airplane on the ground? Well, yes. Don't forget about me. Oh, okay, Dorothy. What do you got for us? I always have very interesting news, and one of them is we received another uh, book order and a donation uh, from one of our members, Willie Young, and we want to thank her so much for including us with that website order as well as her donation. We're very grateful for that and to anyone who donates to our show because, you know, the reason we do this is to keep the legacy of Eastern Airlines going, and anything that you folks can provide us in the way of a donation is certainly appreciated. We, too, want to thank our sponsor, Reba, for the generosity in sponsoring our program. We know without them it would be a great hardship, so we do appreciate that immensely. We also want to thank a new member who joined us this week, Mike Morgan. And Mike is 58, one of our young members, if you will, and also the son of Captain Frank G. Morgan, who was an EAL pilot from 1963 until it closed. Still loved the memories of those days, and I'm sure he did. His mom, Carol Vaughn Morgan, she also was an EAL stewardess, and she died in a car accident in 1962 when Mike was two, and we're so sorry to hear of that accident and the loss of your mother, Mike. We hope you enjoy our programs on both Monday and Thursday, and encourage you to review the many memories on our website. I'm sure you will recognize some of the information there from hearing your dad over the years. Remember, too, that we have a member's photo area to upload any of your photos of your mom or dad while they worked at Eastern. We would love to see them up there. And that is extended out to all of our members. We have a photo area. We'd love to see more photos up there of your your family and how you were at Eastern, any of that stuff. We're very interested in seeing it. And uh, we have another memo that was sent in in response to the history uh, that Neil did uh, for the music program we had last week, and that was Brenda Chabot. Uh, Brenda has written and said, Hello, Neil and friends. I love the show you are planning with the music. As fate would have it, I work every Thursday afternoon, but we'll look it up in the archives. I am sorry I miss the Monday show so often. I cannot explain to myself exactly why something always comes up at that time. 
but I will be rejoining the show. They are wonderful. Kudos to you all. I have just become the Civil Honor News Magazine editor, and we want to wish Brenda a large welcome to that field, and I'm sure she's going to be wonderful. Excuse me. Um, just a few of the upcoming programs that we have coming up. Our next program is episode 405 with Airline Humor, and that's going to be hilarious. And we have episode coming up uh, following that in March, The Children of the Greatest Generation. And then following The Dirty Dozen of Maintenance. And the last for the month of March will be Holy Blue Sunoco. We're going to do a little excerpt on some of the sayings that we had. And thanks to Jim Hart, we're able to put Holy Blue Sunoco up there. We have several coming up in April as well, so we'll keep you posted on that as we go on in our programs. Back to you, Neil. I'll be there. Oh, the shark bait has such teeth and it shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe. And it keeps it uh, out of sight You know when that shark bites With its teeth, baby Scarlet billows start to spread Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, babe So there's never, never a trace of red Now Sidewalk, uh-huh. ooh, Sunday morning, uh-huh. lies a body just oozing life. Can someone sneaking round a corner? Could that someone be Mac the Knife? And if you don't like that music, listen to this. My friend. Folks, that's what you've been missing by not tuning in on Thursdays. Don and I have a wonderful time. We, we have so much time playing this music that uh, this is the music we grew up with, with Eastern it's Airlines. We have fun doing fun. it. I'm wrapping my hands on the top of the table, uh, getting out of my seat every once in a while and shaking it. And and it's it's just so much fun to talk about uh, this old music we that we have on Thursdays. Don, you got uh, D- Dorothy. We too shake it. That's for sure. We just love it. It's a great program, and we thank you so much, Neil, for all the work that you do for it. It's really excellent. Uh, more of you folks out there, if you want a good time, talk to us on Thursday. Every other Thursday when we do. Uh, old-time radio, the great program. Back to you. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's about time to get on the uh, ground, I suppose. And let's see if we can uh, get clearance to land. Well, the heck with it. We're going to come on in anyhow. <laughs> I got a green captain as usual be sure to tune in again next monday march 4th when america's favorite way to fly returns to the cyber ways and the radio show turns to the funny side of aviation with airline humor join in the fun bring your own jokes or funny stories and with this we sign off by playing jimmy durani salute to mrs calabash Mr. Producer, will you?
good night. Good night, good night. Good night, good night, good night. And good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Thanks so much. Great show tonight, all of you. Uh, Good night, East. Good night, East. Around the world. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.